You're listening to Leaders Last. Leaders Last. With your host, Dr. David Robertson. Welcome back to another edition of Leaders Last. I am your host, Dr. David Robertson, leadership specialist and advocate, because it's time for true leadership professionals to take leadership back. Today, I want to talk to you about the importance of digging a little deeper, getting below the surface to glean a more powerful message or more insightful information, and what leaders do differently to achieve this. You know, it's funny. This is a a ton of thought uh, spurred by a a simple meme. Um, And you might be let down or impressed. I don't know. It doesn't matter. There's an important message to share, but this message is rooted in contrast to something popular. It's interesting because we can actually get one message by examining another. And then, of course, examining the contrast. And I'll show you what I mean. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Just because something sounds about right doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Just because something is popular doesn't mean that it's right. In fact, sometimes it's a warning, right? The fact that something is popular. So here's some interesting contrast. What are most people going to do if something sounds about wrong? It's probably going to be immediately rejected by most. And this is the problem with astroturfing and emotional manipulation. And if it's not popular, it's not going to have the bandwagon. But like Socrates said, if you want to be wrong, go with the crowd. Of course, that may be the difference right there. Leaders and crowds. Do you want to do what real leaders do? Or do you want to do what the crowds do? And this is why I know that Most of what I see on social media regarding leadership is emotional guru nonsense because leadership isn't emotional. It's a science. And what it takes to be a real leader isn't popular and wouldn't be glorified by those who do it. And the part that scares me, though, is that sometimes the guru nonsense being shared sometimes sounds nice. But the dangers of the misguided information are sometimes so subtle that the danger is missed, right? Bossy girls have leadership skills. You can only lead someone as far as you can go yourself. Being positive in a negative situation isn't naive. These are all terrible bits of leadership advice, but they sound good. A lot of people on LinkedIn have have done a great job of taking leadership and turning it into a meme. And that's the problem with leadership becoming a buzzword. It's literally what I see almost on a daily basis, a bunch of simple quotes and fancy sayings, all trying to inspire people to do great things, despite being fundamentally flawed from a leadership perspective. Crowds and leaders, or better said, the crowds wanting to be leaders. And let me clarify something. I'm all for inspiring others. That's not necessarily bad in and of itself. But what is bad is when the leadership advice isn't really leadership advice. And when the advice given will ultimately result in poor outcomes. That's not helpful. So my point is that my frustration comes when certain posts accidentally or, I don't know, on purpose, advocate really bad things. And people accept it because it makes them feel a certain way 
or because it sounds about right, but is probably actually about wrong. As leaders, we have to be very careful about what we accept as truth. We also have to be very careful about what we share as truth, extremely careful. Look, I'll say it again. Leadership is not a fancy meme. It's not a fancy quote, and it's definitely not a pep rally. In fact, much of leadership isn't glamorous at all. It's hard, and it requires a certain amount of personal sacrifice, which is one of the reasons why leadership is not for everyone. Part of that that personal sacrifice is time invested in learning and thinking, which most people are not going to do. And I'm serious when I say that there are two kinds of leadership these days. There's the perception of leadership for the crowds, and there is the science of leadership for the leaders. And yes, leadership is a lot of things, and sometimes the two versions overlap. But as someone who has been studying and teaching leadership for many years, I can tell you that it's definitely not something that can be summed up in a simple quote. And like I said, it's not for everyone. And you should be cautious of those who say that it is because they're probably trying to sell you something. Like I said, leadership is a lot of things. And one of those things is the manner in which we think. Leaders have to think about things differently which requires time in both examination and critical reflection. Perhaps that's another demonstration of why leadership is not for a large portion of the population, especially these days when so many are more likely to respond emotionally rather than strategically. And think of it this way. Leaders examine things. They think about them from different angles and from various sides. Right? Leaders contrast ideas look for flaws in both the situation before them and their own thoughts on that situation, and then they look for solutions to those flaws. Again, not for everyone. And I can give you an example there. Let's say you have someone working for you, and this person comes up with a, uh, an interesting idea. But let's say that for whatever reason, you know that the idea just wouldn't work as it was presented. Well, most of the crowd, they're going to reject the idea upon examination or failure. A leader, a true leader, is going to examine this a bit differently. For example, instead of just saying this idea won't work and then writing it off, they might think about what might make the idea work. Or better yet, they might think about the various settings or instances that the idea might work best in. Heck, if push comes to shove, they might even think about ways to sell the idea to someone else. Similarly, a good leader knows the difference between a failed idea and a good idea that failed on the first few tries. Yeah, chew on that one for a week. Mastery through repetition, not just because you tried something once. Anyway, good leaders understand that most things are not all or nothing that backup plans are important, and more importantly, that your opponents or competitors have some good ideas as well. So an example here, a competitor deploys some innovative program or product. A good leader will look at that and think about ways to weaponize it, either for the good or the bad or both. And I can give you a real-world example here. Let's look at Blitzkrieg. 
the word describes a military tactic. It's uh, a rapid and overwhelming surprise attack on an enemy, uh, structured in, in a way that all of your forces are concentrated in a specific area so that you can overwhelm your opponent and break through their lines. First of all, highly effective, right? Second, if you learned of this tactic from your enemy because it was used against you or your ally, wouldn't it be wise to examine it and understand it, see if there are ways that you can use it to your advantage, if possible? Of course it would be. It'd also be wise to examine it and learn how to defend yourself against it. See? Both sides of that coin. But it'd also be wise to think about other applications for that tactic. Different instances and situations or whatever. But not these days. In today's world, if some great idea comes from a competitor or a political opponent or whatever it is, it's often entirely rejected because it came from the enemy. Bad move. Bad, bad move. From a military perspective, most good commanders probably already knew about Blitzkrieg and would have planned for it on some level. But the commanders that Blitzkrieg was used against were completely off guard. Why? Well, because they clearly had not examined that possibility. It wasn't even in their head. But the tactic has been around for thousands of years in various forms. Alexander the Great used a similar tactic. He would focus his forces into the center of the opposing forces' lines and just attack, full-on attack, in an effort to make the king, the opposing king, flee the battlefield. And he would win, and that's, that's why he was able to uh, do the things that he did. It's good stuff. Of course, any good commander would consider this as an option for themselves to be able to use this against their enemy, right? But they would also, a good commander is going to consider that it might be used against them at any moment. Of course, they would also think about various ways that new technologies like tanks and planes or drones and robotics or even, you know, cybersecurity, different ways that this tactic could be used. And, you know, what are all the different things that, that could be taken into consideration that could provide a similar outcome in either direction? Even if they were unsure, a good leader should have probably known that the threat existed at all times. Of course, that would require study, because where else are you going to find information on historical things like that? So here's the thing. I presented Blitzkrieg as a military example. Yes, of course, it's awesome in war. But like I said, good leaders will think about other applications for a tactic. Thinking about things from different angles is important. For example, in business, right? Just like in war, the concept of Blitzkrieg is about speed and catching your competitors off guard and gaining as much ground as possible in the shortest period of time. An example here might be when an organization comes up with an innovative product or service and they sacrifice profitability to ensure a larger market share, knowing that having the larger, the larger market share 
for that one service or product will likely lead to more exposure for the other products or services. While simultaneously pushing a competitor out of the market or reducing their market share in various ways. Now, granted, that example is low-hanging fruit, and I, but, but I'm using that to express the point. The point is, leaders play chess, not checkers. They also don't just accept things at face value. They think about stuff. They think about the long game. They attempt to see things from multiple sides. They think about potential applications, uh, potential ramifications, right? That's vision orientation. Again, leadership's not for everyone. It's not. Statistically speaking or otherwise. Now, sure, it's nice to tell ourselves that everyone's a leader, and I'm sure it feels good to be included in the rise of the leadership discipline. After all, it sounds cool. But it's not for everyone, because everyone's not willing to do what leadership requires. Some are just not willing to think too hard. Some are not willing to think at all. And some wouldn't know what to think about unless someone on social media was giving it to them. I'm serious. And I think Pareto's principle tells us quite plainly what percentage of people might be willing to engage in true leadership. Now, the good news for you and I is that leadership is a decision. We get to choose whether we're going to do what it takes to be a leader or not. Now, I think most people are capable of leadership, but I just think most choose not to put in the effort. I mean, think of the self-discipline it takes. True leaders don't get stuck in their echo chambers, and they don't solely rely on their own ideas. They humbly examine and learn from their own successes and failures, as well as the success and failures of others. Why? Because they're interested in results. They want altered, accurate, and favorable outcomes and improvement. I'm going to stop there because if I continue this list, we'll be here for hours. I will say that each of these statements requires even deeper thought and action. I mean, it's easy to say something like, listen to other ideas, but it means so much more than that. Critical reflection makes the difference. And it's my opinion that learning of any kind is worthless without critical reflection. And maybe I'll do a podcast on that if you'd like. Anyway, I'll give you an example of the depth problem. I said that leaders examine and learn. So let's think about the word examine for a second. By definition, it means to observe carefully or critically, to inspect or to study. And you'll notice it doesn't say read a meme and accept it as the golden rule. And it doesn't say echo a meme on your social media in an effort to make yourself appear enlightened. Leaders are learners. They study, they read, they examine, they critically reflect upon what they've learned, and they figure out ways to apply the material for a strategic advantage, but also in various ways. In other words, they think of various applications and approaches for both the problem and the potential tools or solutions. That's a tall order right there, and most are simply not willing to invest that kind of time. But there's an even bigger problem. We live in a world today, a society perhaps, that seemingly frowns upon education. Now, I don't necessarily mean education as defined by a college degree, because you can clearly educate yourself outside of academia. 
but I need to use a statistic to demonstrate my point. Unfortunately, they don't really track the number of people without a degree who educate themselves. So take this with a grain of salt, and hopefully you'll get my point. Two-thirds of American adults do not hold a degree. However, research has demonstrated over and over that the likelihood of reading is directly correlated with the level of education that one might receive. So right there, we can infer that roughly two-thirds or more are probably not reading much of anything. And according to Pew Research, about a, th a quarter of American adults don't read at all. So if people are unwilling to read, where are they going to get their information? A short video? A short podcast? A meme? Think of the statistics regarding information distribution on social media. It's alarming. Videos under a few minutes, posts under so many characters. That's scary when you think about it, especially when you have nonsense posing as leadership. Look, I've been studying and teaching leadership for the bulk of my adult life. I'm not just rehashing leadership traits and memes. It's been study after study, book after book, and I'm still learning to this day. Does a meme or a short video sum up the years of my leadership journey? Absolutely not. Anyway, my point is that it's pretty hard to learn, study, and examine the things you were unwilling to read. If you're not learning, studying, and examining things, you're likely not growing. If you're not consuming information, you have little information to weaponize. At the same time, let's assume someone is reading, but all they read is guru nonsense and pseudo-leadership self-help books. Then all they've really acquired is guru nonsense, which means they haven't really learned anything. And I'll say it this way, it's pretty hard to weaponize nonsense to your advantage. So let's revisit the uh, Blitzkrieg example. Like I said, old tactic, improved upon as technologies came about, used in various settings, etc. Leaders study and ponder various tactics, not because they have to, but because they should. At the same time, military commanders study other military commanders throughout time. Not because they have to, but because it's a smart thing to do. Business leaders study successful business leaders. Again, not because they have to, but because they should. And when I say that, understand that I'm not suggesting that leaders merely become aware of the existence of other leaders. I mean to say that leaders truly study other leaders. They study tactics, behaviors, traits, methods, losses, victories, strategies, the rise, the fall, and so on. In fact, we could go as far as to say that they'll study what those other leaders studied. However, the exceptional leaders will go even further. All right, so, so again, it's not for everyone. <laughs> A lot of people just are not going to commit that kind of time. But an example of what I'm talking about here might be how great leaders will often ponder and critically reflect upon the chances of different outcomes based on different decisions of other leaders. For example, a military leader might ponder what might have happened if Major Thomas Van Horn didn't order with the, the, the withdrawal. What, what could he have done differently? 
what might that outcome have been? That's a lot to ponder, but it's important to do that. Or a politician might ponder uh, what might have happened if Paul Bremer didn't disband the Iraqi army. What could have been done differently? What might that outcome have been? Business executives might ponder what might have happened if Excite took the offer from Larry Page. Or, or better yet, they might ponder what the executives at Blockbuster missed that allowed them to turn down the purchase of Netflix. In a lot of ways, it's war. Strategy matters. Point is, most people, statistically anyway, uh, will not do what needs to be done to be a real leader. Now, I can imagine some might be saying to themselves, yeah, but I'm not really at war. And I would argue that, yes, you are. But if you don't realize that you're at war, you're probably on the front row of the chessboard. Look, you're in, you're in competition with someone else for your job. Your organization is in competition with other organizations and so on and so forth. One of the best ways that I've heard this explained comes from Alexandre uh, Porto. He said, life forms are constantly struggling for resources and power over other life forms. The struggle for survival necessitates constant competition between all living beings. It doesn't matter whether it's the man against nature or man against man. It's always about winning. He goes on, but he's painting the picture that life is war. And it's true. But here's something leaders truly understand about this war that we find ourselves in. Intelligence wins wars and knowledge is power. Now think about that. As leaders, we need to study, learn, critically reflect, and seek the contrast. Are you doing that for your job? Are you doing that for your organization? Are you doing that for yourself? Most simply do not. But you could, and you most definitely should. And I'll tell you this, there's a really good reason why entrepreneurs are told to read Sun Tzu's Art of War. There's a really good reason why I tell my students to read and critically reflect upon Machiavelli's The Prince. Study, learn, critically reflect. In other words, we need to acquire information and then figure out a way to weaponize the information we consume. Why? Because as leaders, we want results, altered, accurate, and favorable outcomes and improvement. Now, as I tell all my students, it's extremely important to examine the contrast. In fact, I say the key is in the contrast, and I believe that to my core. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Actually, it's the point of this podcast. I was on LinkedIn, and I'm scrolling through, and I saw a post that said, Visualizing your dreams and doing nothing about them is like setting a sat-nav on your car but refusing to turn the engine on goes on to say that the law of attraction is nothing without the law of action. Now, in a lot of ways, I agree with that. No doubt. However, the post goes and destroys itself by attaching a meme that said, quote, nothing happens without action. Of course, a lot of people love the post, commented about how right it is, and so on. But it's not entirely true. And there's a part of that that's sort of dangerous, at least when you 
really give it some thought. Again, examine, think, ponder. Does nothing really happen with that action? Remember, leaders need to examine things from multiple angles. We need to weaponize the information, critically reflect, and glean something useful from it. So, here's my thought. Something does happen when you don't take action. And it's definitely not nothing either. In fact, what happens could be extremely dangerous. In my opinion, what happens should be avoided at all costs. What happens are things like stagnation, paralysis by analysis, missed opportunity, deer in the headlights, or even the solidification of the status quo. Now, it may seem that I'm nitpicking here or that I'm being overly critical, but I want you to think about it. As leaders, it's really important to understand the gravity of the situation. Inaction is often dangerous. It's not nothing. And the reason this is important is because suggesting that nothing happens without action significantly reduces the sense of urgency to take action. Because whatever, you might actually believe that nothing happens. Well, the phrase nothing happens implies no consequences. But from a leadership perspective, I would argue that inaction does have consequences, severe in some cases. And really, if leaders did any kind of study whatsoever, they would know that history is riddled with stories of leaders who did not take action when they needed to, and that in many instances, the results were disastrous. I mean, just on surface level, we could go back to the blockbuster Netflix example or the Excite Google example. Blockbuster is really not a thing anymore because of really bad decisions. They, they're in action. They could have owned Netflix. If you know in your heart that stagnation and a solidification of the status quo happen when you do nothing, well, that's something. That's a big, nasty something, especially if your status quo is undesirable or if you desire improved situations and outcomes. So my advice is twofold. One, study, learn, examine, and seek the contrast. Never stop and study whatever you can get your hands on. Two, whatever you do, do something every day. Move the needle. Inaction is not nothing. It is a nasty something that leaders do not want any part of. Now, some might try to argue that sometimes doing nothing is strategically advantageous. Indeed, that might be true in some instances. However, I would argue that in those cases, any inaction is deliberate, measured, and strategically deployed, not a whatever situation you stumbled into which also means that such inaction is a deliberate and strategic action. All things with purpose, for purpose, on purpose. It's not just sitting back and hoping things work out. In such cases, it is a purposed withholding of action for a strategic end or better outcome. Anyway, it's just something to think about. And yeah, this is a lot of thought to go into a simple meme. Probably too much. But that's what I was talking about early on. Leaders have to think differently, deeply, and cover all the angles. That's what accuracy demands. And in this situation, something so simple of, you know, nothing happens without action, that 
we we gained some very insightful um, information because something does happen and we don't want any part of it. Either way, be careful of the memes you subscribe to. Just because it sounds about right doesn't necessarily mean that it is. And remember that if you subscribe to guru nonsense, you're more likely to get nonsensical outcomes. And that's not good for anyone. Friends, thank you so much for your time. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. I would appreciate that. And join me on LinkedIn if you find yourself on that social media platform. That does it for me. Until next time, take care.